All right. So now we are finally what we've all been waiting for. We can talk about the Mishkan. <laughs> yeah, now it gets exciting. <laughs> well, now we have to talk about the Mishkan. We're not going to talk about the Mishkan for four weeks in a row. So hopefully not. So, gets so, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Don't, it gets really hard in Vayikra. That's when it gets really hard. So, um, but the Mishkan is still worth to talk about. So, so let's start. Let's start here, and then we'll see where we go. Uh, so, the way beginning parsha Shuma starts like this. By the Hashem, more because these are psukim that we probably um, have read before, but when you really read them, there's a lot of problems with them. The uh, Berah Bnei Yisrael, not the first one. The first one, whatever. We used to that one. Take. Oh, okay. I guess it's to take. Vehiklu is to take. Kach is to take, right? Take. Take from me gifts. Take from me gifts. Okay. That's You're right. It does. Jewish way to say it. it yeah. Can you go take from me a gift, please? <laughs> you can stay by me and take from me. Right? But, but th- you notice it, right? I took this from Safaria. Right. You shall take, tell his lights, she will bring, bring me gifts. Is that what it says? No. No, it's not. How would you it say bring? How would you say bring? Lahavili. You would say lahavi, or you would say that, that's if you wanted to say to bring me gifts. Right. If you were writing the the pasuk, what would you say? That bear ben Yisrael ve. Yeah, yiduli, yiduli truma. Right? Is that what you would say? That's what I would say. Give. And you know how they would translate it? It's the same way. If it said ve yiduli truma, they would say bring me gifts. Right. Right. It'd be the same thing. Right. That's not what it says. It says ve yiduli truma, and Safaria translates it as. Bring me gifts. Fine. From every person who. Something from their heart. Something from their heart. They want to. They want to. Donate from their heart. Nindava is a, is a gift, right? From every person who wants to. They have it from every person whose heart so moves him. That's actually a good. That's actually a pretty good translation, right? that their heart makes them want to give, take my gifts. Okay? That's not how, so that's not how you would write the Pasuk. So it's a weird Pasuk. It's weird. It's a weird way to write it. Right? And what's the other part that's weird about it? One is, tell Bede Yisrael to give me truma. Yeah, and then Fine. take my gifts. And you say, so, so, like, so is it a kid? Or are they taking? So, A, they bring, who's giving and who's taking here? Yeah. What's going on here? Yikhu should be Vietnu. But then, who are you taking it from? Only people who want to do it. Ah, uh, yeah. The people who are, who are ashamed. The people who want to add the kindness to their heart, give, the, give to, to, the, to the Mishkan. Yikhu, as you must see. What does that mean? Take, take it from them. So, are we giving it because we want to? Are we giving it because we're supposed to? Are we commanded to give this? Is it something that we want? What, what's going on here? It's a very strange way to write right, a commandment to donate. It's like the Nas seven It's like the, the, the heart is over them and they're saying, you know, <laughs> <laughs> say you want it. <laughs> How much do you want to give? Right. Right? It's, right? It's, 
right? Those of us who did fundraising over the last few years, right? Or were involved, right? So you ask people, but you also, right, how much would you like to generously give? Because if you don't give, we're going to make you feel terrible. But, but this is, right, but this is an interesting, it's a very interesting language, okay? It's not the way you would have, I would have written. If I wanted to say, tell the Jewish people to please give gifts or please give donations, so I could, I could say, go and go collect from everybody, or I could say, tell them that they should give to me, right? But the, the language of tell those who want to nicely, because they are the kinds of the heart they want to give, tell them to go take it. It's a very strange thing to say. Fine. What are the things? Gold, silver, bronze, all the different things that they're going to bring. Fine. And then at the end, the Pasuk says, and you should make for me a sanctuary and I will dwell in them. In them. Right? That, that, that's not what I have to tell you about. Right? That, what should it say? Make for me a, a, a sanctuary and I'll, and I'll dwell in it. And that's what, that's what the Pasuk should say. Right? But instead it says, make for me a mikdash and I will dwell in them. A midrash, which I thought I knew existed. But actually, I went searching for it. I couldn't find it. You'll see in a second. Everybody comes from high lows. Um, so, so we have a, a, a number of problems. Problem number one, v'yichu versus v'yitnu. Number two, ashid venu libo, those who out of the kindness of their heart want to give. That's nice, but it's really not about the kindness. Well, is it or isn't it? Are they supposed to give? Are they being commanded? Or are they doing it because they want to? Yes? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. And number three, not as hard a question because I think we've probably heard the answer before, but the language of is, is also grammatically incorrect. All right, make me a make me a sanctuary so I can live in, in it. It should say not sure I should live in them. Fine. So what are we going to say? Well, the Vasulam could be modifying the Vasu. Like, that's what they're doing, basically. Like, I'm going to live amongst the people who are making it. Correct. That's how we typically explain that one, right? Good. Okay, what about the Yikhu versus the Yitno? I'd want to see, like, make some comparisons. Like, where else is that? Where else to come up? Okay, that's fair. I don't know. <laughs> Wild lang- language of Lakicha, of taking, right. and really the languages of giving. Is it anywhere else that you know? The other very, like, well-used or kind of off-quoted concept of yikach, which is not in place of yitain, is like by marriage. Right? Kiddushin in the Torah is kikach ishija. Right? That's why it's like the language of kiddushin is always language of kikach. That's why it specifically that has to be transactional. Yitain, That's why it has to be transactional. <laughs> but it's really, but it's, it's actually interesting. How do you, how do you acquire? How does it, how does it, by giving. It's actually right. interesting. Um, I wasn't thinking about that. But that actually, it's the kikach. We learned about kikach. It's a language of kikach, but it's always given by Giving something. But, but um, is there other example of a, of a case which is supposed to be a, a giving, which instead is the language of a yikach? I'm not sure. I don't know. So okay, let's, so what are the impressions? So let's take a look. Okay, there we go. Just cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to just give it up. You know, I like to... Okay. Okay, fine. <laughs> you no, know, I can't tell you. Fine, we'll just get to it. We got take a look. Take a look at source number two. Source number two is in Nefesh I went looking... So I always thought there was a midrash that said, "I'll take right." It should have said "bisocho" 
Why is it say Besocham? Because the Kaddish says, I'm going to be, if you make me a Mikdash, I'll be Shochim Besochim Libam Kol Echad Ve'echad Be'Yisrael. Something like that. Hashem says, I'm not going to live in, this, in, the, in, the, in the Mishkan. Hashem doesn't, not going to live in the Mishkan. Right? doesn't live there. He's going to live, whatever that means, he'll find a place in all of our hearts. I couldn't find the Midrash. Um, I, was, I was actually, I started like Googling for like to, to, fi- to find this midr- this measure. I looked in the Barilan, I couldn't find it. I looked in the, I have a, the safer called Otsar Midrashim. I couldn't find it there. I found things that look similar, but I couldn't find them. But the truth is, I found it in Nefesh HaChaim. Nefesh HaChaim was written by Chaim Velazhner, way later than the Midrash, 1700s. And he writes like this. Chaim Velazhner was the, was the, you know, the, the founder of, sort of the founder of the yeshiva movement today, as we know it, the Velazhin yeshiva. It was the first real, like, yeshiva as we know them today. He was the, the student of the Vilna Gon. And he writes like this, V'adai ikar inyan ha-kodesh v'ha-mekadesh v'ha-mikdash v'shriyas shchinasi Yisrael. What does it mean? Like, there's something that's kadosh, there's a, there's a mikdash, and Hashem lives in it. What does that mean? Hua adam. It's not the, it's not the mikdash, it's a person. She'im yiskadesh atzmo karoy, if a person makes themselves Kadosh, bikiyum hamitzvos kulon, by the way we, right, the way we make ourselves ready for Kadusha is by keeping mitzvos. And one, one of, you know, this is, you know, like we like to say, people are looking for skulos, right? So there's 613 skulos, right? The best way to make yourself, right, right, roi for Hashem to give you brachos is to do the mitzvos, right? Works the best. Uh, so, but he said it just now, right? How does a person be makadish themselves? Not by like, you know, putting on a red, you know, a red string on your wrist by, by doing mitzvahs. That's how you make yourself. Hashem told us how. As hu atzmo hamikdash mamish. Right? Then you become the mikdash. U besocha Hashem yisparach shemo. And that's where Hashem becomes inside of you. U kamamaram zichon mevracha v'shachanti besocham besocha lo nemar ela besocham. Right? So, so Nefesh Hachayim, he quotes this Maimer Chazal. I don't know where he gets it from because I couldn't find it in the regular Midrashim. But he quotes it and it's the same idea. Right? So that, that's like the nice piece here, which I think, you know, I, I, I don't mean to, to make it, you know, to minimize it. It's a nice, it's a beautiful idea, and it's true, right? The goal of the mikdash is to draw us closer to Yubon Shalom, right? That's what it's for. So that, that language of is very deliberate for that reason. Fine. But what are we going to do with this other issue? Because the other issue of, of this idea of giving a shade venerly bow, right? You give what you want to. This is a big discussion, and I mean it seriously. This is a conversation we had when we were talking, when we were talking about expansion, right? Was, should we make a building fund right, that everybody is forced to give? Or should you go around and ask, you have to go around anyways, but, but in the end of the day, should you just ask people to give because they want to? Or should you tax people, right? Tax the community. And where would tax the community actually make sense? And why would it actually be okay? Look at the Gemara, it's verse number three. The Mormon Basra says the following. It talks about the concept of literally forcing pe- members of the community to give tzedakah. My Sira Rusa, what is it? What authority is there for the community to collect charity? The Amr of Nachman, Amr Rabbar of Hua, Lefishim Mashkanin We are allowed to literally seize people's money for tzedakah. If people are not giving tzedakah, we can go to them and force them. Not like ask in a really mean way. We can take their money. Okay, the halacha is you can go take them. I'm not advocating. Why does everyone think Jews are such problems? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not advocating it, but it's a, it's a good. It's actually an interesting point. I mean, we don't talk about that. Here's here. Some like communities in Italy, and like right, like, if you're part of the community there, you, you're like taxed to 
to pay for the mikvah, the school, the rabbi. Like, it's not a voluntary... Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I don't know if they don't have, like, police officers. They don't have an IRS. No, but if you want to, like... Which puts a lien on your... Right. Yeah, but yeah, there's an expectation. Mm-hmm. Look, we have an expectation like that also in our communities that you're going to pay for things. That, you know, there's an expectation. But here we're talking about actually seizing people's funds. Is there a uh, case where somebody's done that? I mean, in like, the Gemara? Well, times the Gemara, yeah. Times the Gemara, they do. You're going to see right now, yeah. Times the Gemara, they, they did. Um, but that's because they live in communities where you show them for show trip. You had literally the Bezdin was the, was the court, and the show trim would go around enforcing the law. So you really had, I mean, when you had an insular community like that, you had a community in Eretz, so they did do that. Now you don't have that anymore. But um, that's why today, as a side point, when you take someone to Bezdin, they always sign a binding arbitration agreement. Why? Because a binding arbitration agreement is binding in secular, in secular court. So if you go to a Bezdin and they say, this person owns this person $5,000, they can take that document to the secular court and collect that way, right? The way you collect with the sheriff's department, whatever. So like, the, meaning that's, we do that today because otherwise you can't. Um, but, we, but, but it used to be that we really do this. And, and check it out. So the Fishim Mashkin Alat Stuck, I feel the Shabbos. You can even go on Erev Shabbos. When people are busy, they don't have time, you can, nevertheless, you can go to someone and say, pay up. And where it says, Right, doesn't the Pasuk say, in your Miyo, I'll punish people who oppress other people. That the Gabbai Tzedakah is not supposed to oppress people. Gemara says, no, It depends how wealthy you are. The person who has more, so we can have more expectations. If we don't, then we, uh, then less. Fine. Yeah, it's a bad job. Yeah, um, the story where Rava went to Rav Nassim Bar Ami and he took 400 dinars from him for charity because he had to, he had to give it. Right, so we, the point is, we do have a concept, and it's true, we're not, we're, we're not, Rabbi Weider spoke of this when he came to visit, right? We're not Republicans, or we don't, we, we're not, you know, the, the Jewish approach to charity is not like the Republicans or like the Democrats. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but we do have a concept of the community having responsibility for charity, not just a person who does it because they, they want to be nice. You do have expectations um, to a certain extent, communally. For but the point is, if that's true, right, then what could the Bonesham have said to Moshe Rabbeinu? Make a building fund. Everyone has to pay. And by the way, the Bonesham... Everybody pay? I mean, everybody had to give jewelry and things, They did. Right? They did in the end, right? But, and, they over, and they overpaid. But they had so much, they had to tell them stop. Right? They had so much that, that the Nisim were last, and the only thing the Nisim had left to do was to bring the Avnei Shoham, the Avnei, they, they only had a few things left to bring even, because the rest of the community had, had taken care of everything. So they, in the end of the day, they were, they were successful in this process. But the point is that they could have very well, the Yibon Shalom doesn't have to work within the, within the Halacha, he makes the Halacha. But nevertheless, he, he had, the Halacha would have said that it would be permissible to force them. To pay for the Mishkan. And, would it be, and it's not so crazy. That's something the Yibbam wants from us. He commands to do all kinds of things. So command us to give to the Mishkan also. Right? Nevertheless, he doesn't say that. Right? He says, Look at the Sforno. Sforno says, He commanded them not to do this. Do not go collect house to house. He says, Don't do that. Don't, the same language. He forced people. Do not go. What Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu is, tell them do not force people to give. That's not how we're going to do this. 
Right? Rather, only the people who are minadev nidava, even, even today in, in, when we talk about tefillah, sometimes there's a person davens and they like made a mistake or whatever, they have to daven again, or it's a suffix, you have to daven again, so you, have, you can daven an extra tefillah called a tefillah's nidava. A tefillah's nidava means it's an extra tefillah you're not required to give. You daven extra. Right? So you have to do that, you have to add a little part of the davening, but the bottom line is the language of nidava always is a language of extra. It's something that I decide that I want to give. So fine. So that's, that's what was expected was not that they should give it as a requirement. They should give it instead because they want to. Okay. So what? Why is that good and why is that bad? It's good because you feel like when you're, when you're doing something because you want to do it, like you have a different feeling about the thing you're giving to than if you were forced to do it. So it's all positivity. That's what my kids tell me, right? Yeah. I want to do the things that I want to do. I don't want to do things you force me to do. Right? That's not fun. Right? How, however, just not really aside, it's not always true in halacha or even in hashkafa. Right? We have a concept of so you ask them what's better, to volunteer for a mitzvah or to do it because you're commanded. What's better? But there are different opinions on that idea. Like I remember always... Hearing like, yeah, okay, on the one hand, God don't but on the other hand, if it's something that you weren't commanded to do, but you do it, that could be bigger too, because it means that even though you, whatever. No, you're right, yeah. but, but, there, but, the, but the truth is, the question we do, is, well, what are each of these before I'm trying to come tell us about this process? About the Mishkan. Because the truth is, God, yeah. we do hold Galdo Hamatsu Vaose. It is better to be, it, it, you get more schar, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. Right? right? Whatever it looks like in Shemayim, whatever the scoreboard is. The mitzvah v'osa gets more points, or whatever it looks like, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Then I'm fascinated to know what it looks like, but mm-hmm. wait a long time, hopefully. But but um, you you get more a greater schar yeah, if you are commanded. Ah, uh, so so okay. But I'm just saying. <laughs> it, but it's seen. But if you get more schar, then clearly you are. It's seen as greater. Hashem says, "Do it," and you and I don't really want to, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Right? There is a, there it, objectively. It's seen as a greater task that you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. You have gone against your natural tendency and you decided to do it anyways, right? Nevertheless, it's clear that that's not what your Yubon wanted when it came to the Mishkan. No, he, he wants it to be built with love, like not out of obligation. Yeah, he doesn't want to be, but, but it's unique, mm-hmm. sort of, in our, that's not our structure. Typically, uh, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. It is our structure. Right? But it's not <laughs> the, the way we is, want to do things. It, does it exist anywhere else? Right. Does it, anywhere else? We, we, where Hashem yeah. wants us to do something because we want to? Mm-hmm. The idea of doing, doing something because you want to. Because you have a feeling for it, that language. Maybe not, like, exactly. It's a good idea in Avodah Hashem. We, we definitely talk about, you know, like, um, Chazal talk about when a person learns Torah, you should learn Mashalibo Chafetz. You should learn the things you'd like to learn. Why? Because you're going to, you're more likely to do it. Right? You're going you're gonna to get more into it. You're going to enjoy it more. And if you enjoy it more, then you'll do more. Right? If, you do, if, you, if it's always about, right? if it's always about and you're always doing things to, to crush your you know, uh, natural desire. No, I really like learning this. So I'm going to learn mechiltas uh, all day or whatever because it's like I, I don't like it. So that's going to be, you know, th- th- you're not going to enjoy it and you're going you're to stop. Right? So it's, a, it's like a bad etza. <laughs> it's like etza tova to like, you it's know. It's interesting because like, we think I feel like 
the Mishkan, like, I automatically go to the idea of, like, tefillah, but it wasn't for tefillah. And, and then this idea of, like, well, tefillah should Shavoda. come from the heart, specifically, but it wasn't tefillah, it was the avoda. It was, like, killing animals. And but why, but, but it is killing animals, but, this is, a good, this is a good point, it is killing animals. Like, so my first one is, well, when it comes to tefillah, it has to come from the heart. Good. And, you, you know, and that's why it has to come from part of you, and, and what they were giving was part of them, you know, as far as, like, personal objects and everything, so that you're... You're giving your money. It, but it's not only money, it's, like, jewelry, right, and all that Yeah, but when you, I'm saying, even the avoda in the mishkan. Let's go to what this is going to be for, right? The avoda in the mishkan. So, yeah, every day was the coin giving korbanos, which are paid for by the tzibor, by the way, the half shekel. Right, you give every year would go towards the korbanos of the tzibor. But a person would come to the base of Middash, right? They give a korban, so that's their own money. It's expensive. I don't know what it costs to buy a cow or a sheep today. I assume it's not cheap. A lot of money. Never bought one, but a thousand dollars or more. I don't know. It's expensive. Not like a you know, not like a racing horse. You know what I'm saying? But like I don't know. I don't know what it costs. It costs money. Um, and but you would. But it's true that in the process of bringing a korban. There were certain things you would be expected you would do smicha on the korban, right? You would lean, you wouldn't give it smicha, but you would sit on the, you would lean on the animal. Why? As a way of sort of like showing the animals like in my place, right? Like I, if I, if I did an avera, which is, you know, I'm chayav kares, but I did it, I did it b'shogeg, so that I would bring that korban and it's like in my, right? It's like, this should be me, right? It's sort of like giving of yourself to the Did women do that? Did, yeah. Yeah. Every time a woman had a baby. You had to go and go and bring, well, you bring, you'd bring, uh, Women would bring uh, birds. I don't think it's smicha on birds. I'm not sure. I don't think so. But they would. But they would. Yeah, women would bring korbanos also. But even if a woman, so if a woman, a woman could be chayav as a chantas, same thing. A woman doesn't does something. I don't know if like a man had to do it in her place. No, women, women could do it. Women would bring korbanos. So like, so and it's supposed to, the Ramban talk. The Ramban talks about it. it's like in your you're like the animals like in your stead. But the point being, it is. It's supposed. It's not supposed to be. That's that's a, you know that that's the irony. Is that your Bon Shalom tells us, like in Yahoo, when he's like talking about before the destruction of Beis I'm not planning to talk about this, but it's good you brought it up. That, that like, he says, Lama li rov I don't need your karbanos. Mm-hmm. What I want, Rahman al boy, I want your heart. And I want, the, I want the korban to come from here, not from here. Right? Don't do a verus. They, they, were, they, were, they were going around doing whatever they wanted, and then they just bring a korban right? to, the, to, the, to the, you know, the, the, the machine. You know, I'll hand the korban in and I'll get my, I'll get my kapara. That's not how it works. Right? It's not about that. Right? It's supposed to come from here. The same way that tefillah, same thing. Tefillah, we say tefillah b'li kavana ke go for neshama. You dive in without kavana, you're like, you're like an empty, you're like an empty vessel, right? So it, it is true that the avoda that, that takes place in the mishkan is very much connected to kol shayid venul That is true. That's an interesting point. Right? That it's, maybe it's sort of like the process of building this place should reflect that which is going to supposed to take place there later. See, right. I'm looking at it as the dwelling place of Hashem. Like, ah. don't we want him? Like, that's where my love would be. Like, that Hashem's, like, here amongst us, you know? So that's how, not even thinking about animal sacrifices. That's, that is what happens yeah. in there. I mean, it is yeah. true. That's what yeah. happens. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Now that we're going yeah, into a year, I think it's something I never ask questions about. So I'm, like, excited yeah. to learn about it. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. more about the chronos. No, but it's real. And, you know, like, we, we still believe that. We're gonna get, that's gonna come back, yeah. right? And, and it's not—it's not just like a butcher shop. It's like it's supposed to be this process, but it, it is yucky. Some of it. Is there it, anyone who says that no, it's gonna be like pre, like in Ghanaian times where there wasn't sacrifice? The, the Rav Cook has a piece where he talks about the idea that if, that like that most of the are all gonna be vegetarians. He, right. He, like Rav Cook thinks that. But I don't know that he thinks that there won't be carbonos, but he thinks that we're all gonna be vegetarians. Curious. 
Um, but I think he still thinks we're going to give pro bonos. But what? That's wild. Oh, the 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 Samaritans. Samaritans. Carrot, yeah, Samaritans. Yeah, not good Samaritans. Still yes, they still bring. They still, they do like before Pesach. Yeah, you can Jews? watch them. Are they actually Jews? Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know what they're. I don't, they're like that. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they do. Are they good? Like from where? Yeah. Evil Samaritans. But but check this out. So now check this out. So good. So I'm glad you brought that up, Dina, because I wasn't thinking about that. It's a really good point. That it really does reflect what we're going to do there in that place. Look at the town of the Bay of Shema in source number five. This is a measure that I could find. The measure says like this: Kevan shekiblu Yisrael, Omachu Shemaim b'Simcha va'amru kol Hashem dibar Hashem nasev and That's last week's parsha, right? I said nasev and nishma miyad amru akadosh baruch hu lemoshe sheyomer yisrael sheyasul lemishkan. The moment they said nasev and nishma. Or which was seen as like this amazing thing. They said like, we're, we're all in. We're not doing it just because you are forcing us. But we're in because it is a mountain over our heads. But they said it before there was a mountain. Okay. Right? So, they, so they, they jump in. They want it. So he says, make a mishkan. Right? The Medjish tried to drive home the same point. Like Hashem wanted to jump on that, that positive initi- you know, initiative that the people had at that moment. Um, I brought in number six just because I found it, I just have happened upon it in the safe room. I'll show you an idea from the Rav in a second. But he tells a very interesting story in source number six. He tells a story that's brought, it's brought in those Namad Torah of Sarutskin in the Torah. He has it there long and a long, like a bunch of columns in his Hebrew safer, but they happen to bring it here in, the safe, in, in this safer in, in, in English. He brings a story he heard while studying in the Velazhin Yeshiva. So I connect to Rechaim Velazhin also. Rechaim Soloveitchik once traveled to Minsk to collect for the Velazhin Yeshiva. And Rav Baruch Zeldovitz, the Gabbai Tzedakah, hosted Rav Chaim. Okay. So you know, he comes to this town and he's staying at the house of the Gabbai Tzedakah. Rav Baruch gave Rav Chaim half the sum at the beginning of his stay. And a month later gave Rav Chaim the remainder of the sum. So he paid him, he paid him half and then a month later gave him the rest. The other Gabbai Tzedakah found out that Rav Baruch gave the entire sum from his own pocket. He didn't give it from the, from the community's money. He actually gave it from his personal money. And took Rebarach onto a Din Torah because he too wanted to donate half the sum. He was upset. Basically, he took the mitzvah for himself. Imagine, that's a pretty uh, high level, right? I'm upset that you gave so much to I, I wanted to give some also. When Rebbe found out that Rebarach had given the sum from his own pocket, he asked Rebarach, if you were going to give me the money anyhow, why did you keep me in your house for a month before you gave me the second? He's probably like circling around and going places. And he's like, you had the money in your pocket. You could have just given me all the money right away from the beginning. Rebarach explained, it's a simple matter to part, is, is it a simple matter to part with all that money? I waged a war to overcome my desire for money. It took me an entire month until I was able to donate the second half. With this, Mr. Ruskin goes on to explain the language of Parshish Vayakal that each person must take for themselves. What's his point? His point is, this is a, sort of a different word, right? But which is that you, you can't take it with you, right? The only money you actually really ever have at the end of your life is the money that you give away. Right? It's ironic. We don't think about it that way. Right? But it's, and it's hard to do that in the moment. Right? But the only money that you take with you to the Yeshiva Shalmala is the money that you don't keep. The money that you spend is gone. Right? All these stories about Moses Montefiore. That's the story Moses, about Moses Montefiore that he... he uh, said, so the mice goes that he... I remember getting it right correctly. He, he gave two envelopes to his children to open one just before he was... after he died and one a month later. So... Or one after the funeral or something. So the first one says, I want you to bury me in my socks. 
so it comes time for the funeral, and they say he said he wants to be buried in the socks, and the and the Rav says like I'm sorry, people are buried in takrichim, like you know, there's special clothing you're buried in. You're not you don't get to choose what you're buried in. Every single person is buried in the same thing. Takrichim, you cannot be buried. He cannot be buried in the socks. Fine. So they says very upset because that's what he wanted, but fine. They bury him. After they buried him, there's a second envelope. It says to open after after the funeral. Open the, they open the second one, he, and he says, I just wanted you to know, I told you to bury me in my socks, and I knew the answer would be no. So I wanted you to know, you could have all the money in the world, and you can't even take your socks with you. All right, so that was like his, most of his children, because he had a lot of money. Um, so that, that's, that's his ha'ara about, you know, the yikhu truma. why is it yikhu instead of yitnu? Because when you give, you actually take. And every time you give money, you're actually taking for yourself, taking much more than you ever, right? Than you could ever, ever give. Um, they tell that's the same shot. Pazik says, In kesev esami eshani imach. Pazik says, when you're supposed to lend money to a poor person, eshani imach. Why is he ani imach? So the, the, the Kliyakar says also, he says the same thing. He says, because you think you're doing a chesed for the ani. He says, the ani is doing a much greater, much greater chesed for you. Every person shows up at your house and says, right, and you give, so now you have the opportunity. If they didn't ever show it up, I would never give them tzedakah, right? Who, unless we're smart enough to think ahead of time how much I'm going to give. But how many times do we give tzedakah because someone comes to us and asks, right? And, and you have that opportunity. We think we're doing the chesed. They're doing much bigger chesed for us. Fine. But the Rosh has a really, really cool explanation of this idea of why it had to be that all of this is done. <coughs> he says like this. The problem is very obvious. This isn't the safer I, I've quoted to you a couple of times, right? This is the, the Rav thinking aloud, which is, it's, it's a, it has a lot of the same ideas you find in other Svarim from the Rav, but it's literally the language that he used when he gave it over. It's transcripts of his, of his talks. So he says, the problem is very obvious. Why was the Mishkan necessary? To build a home for God? Why was it necessary? Shlomo, in his famous prayer, the dedication and ceremony based on Mikdash, asked this question. Neither the heaven nor the heaven of the heaven can contain thee. Certainly not the house I built for you. What, what, what good is that? The house for Hashem? You can hear me? Right? So what's the answer? Whenever we come across the term base Hashem, house of God, we should always say it's not the house of God. It's the house of man. God doesn't need a home. There's no need for God to have a home. As the Medrash says, God, on the contrary, contracts himself. Right? He, does, he performs what the, the Kabbalah says is the concept of tzimtzum. Hashem limits himself, right? From infinity down to a finite small house. And in this small house, he contracts himself and resides in the top of the kaporis between the two kruvim. Right on top of the Arun. Here is one kruv, here is the other kruv. Between the kruv and Makarosh Baruch Hu, the infinite, the eternal, clipped Kivyacho himself and engaged Moshe in dialogue. Right? The Yubbam doesn't need a house. He does the chesed right, by making himself smaller so he can be in the place that we make for him. Right? So, but why, what, what's it for? Why did the Makarosh Baruch Hu do it? Because man is basically a homeless being. No matter how big, large, and fortified his home is, he is exposed. A homeless being means that he is exposed. It's a feature of life. Exposed to nature, which is at best indifferent and at worst hostile. He is exposed to a future which he cannot foresee, but he is conscious of that future. And animals also exposed, but there's no concept of time. Right? We, we have the intellect to know to protect ourselves, but we also have the intellect to recognize that sort of, we can try as much as we'd like, I don't have to tell you, right? We can try as much as we'd like to protect ourselves from whatever it is in the world. And at the end of the day, we have no, we, we, we can't. God has bestowed upon the human being the wonderful gift, which sometimes is a source of endless suffering. 
to anticipate, to think about an event which might happen or which is destined to happen. This is a homeless being, which expresses itself in practical terms by being exposed to the elements of nature. The rain, the snow, the cold, the hot weather, very unpleasant. Basically, when the Torah speaks about bias, the purpose is to shelter, protect, give a sense of security. But such a home has never been built, will never be built. Perhaps in Messianic times, it's a different story, right? right? There's, no, there's no house that any human being can build which will totally protect us from anything, right? from everything, right? So what's going on? So we call Hashem, what do we call Hashem? Hashem is called Hamakom. We refer to Kodesh Baruch Hu as the place. Why? Makom, yes, he is Makomosha Olam. Embraces the entire universe. The universe is within God. This is correct. Our God is called our home. To be a homeless being does not refer to a being that has no roof over its head. One can have a beautiful roof, but he's still exposed. The only home where man can find security is within Hashem. When Hashem told Moshe, build me a mishkan, for what purpose? Not for the purpose of providing the Almighty a home. He doesn't need one. But of providing man with a home which the Almighty offers him. A man who is close to Hashem and feels he's protected by his guiding hand is a man who is home. The Beis HaMikdash has to provide man with a home. God feigns loneliness. Hashem pretends that he needs us right, to give him a home. Actually, it's not for him, it's for us. And that is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu warned Moshe not to collect the money by using force. For if the people have no need for it, God doesn't need a home. Meaning, I don't, I'm not going to force you guys to make a home for me, says Hashem. I'm just doing it because it's good for you. So if I'm going to force you, then what good is it? It's the whole point is that it's a place that brings me close to you. It gives you a place to find me because you need me. So if I'm, if I'm providing you sort of like this chesed, of like showing up now in your world and I'm going to hang out there and you can go there and find inspiration and you can dive in and you can feel like, you know what? I know I can't like totally protect myself from anything, but I can connect to you bonus shalom. And that can give me at least some hope. It can give me some sense of, 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 of what's going on in the world and that some, there's someone in control here. That's something that the bonus shalom gives us. So to force us to build it for ourselves, it's almost like it doesn't make any sense, right? Um... And that's why I call it shady villain the bone. By the way, that also explains why is it when a person, Rahman is sitting Shiva, what do we say to them? We should say, Because a person in that moment feels lost. The world is, I have, I have no shelter. Right? I can't protect myself from these horrible things that have happened to me. And, I, I, and there's, no feel, there's no way to feel protected from tragedy. Right? And so what do you say? So you should know at least, at least, you should know that your bone is there. That there's someone in charge of what's going on here. I mean, it doesn't make you feel better right away, right? But it's, a, it's an avenue towards finding a sense of solace that there's a bone shalom. The world is not total chaos. Right? There's a bone shalom who is mekomosha olam. So we give that bracha to a person, that they should feel that they have a, they have a home. Because the real home is not, that, not their, their, their four walls. Their four walls is only, only so good. Right? But the Rebona Shalom really provides that. So in that sense, says the Rav, the whole idea is actually backwards. And, that's, and by the way, that explains also the goal of the Mikdash is for me to spend time with you. Not, the, not, for, not for me to spend time in there. There's, there's no goal. That's not the goal. The goal is to spend time with us. And that when we go there, we feel that. And that they talk about when you talk about going to the Mikdash was like this tremendous, that's a, the big day kahuna, we're going to talk about probably as we move along. Like every element of the Mishkan and every element of the Mikdash had a certain grandeur to it. It was beautiful. 
So all gold and silver, what do we need that for? So ostentatious. And she says, yeah, it was, it was all there to create that sense of awe and inspiration because I can go to this place and recognize there's rebellion from the world. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a pretty amazing thing. We have it sort of. I don't know, I don't know what your experiences are like going to the hotel. Some people's are great and some people are like, I don't know. Right? But like it, it, going to the base of Middash, it, it gave you that reminder that there's rebellion from the world. And it, and it like gives you a clarity of understanding, a clarity of a certain element of clarity that a person could have by going there. And that's what we lose now by not having that. Right? And so that's the best. You have to want it. Because if you don't want it, then, then that's not going to serve any purpose. So yeah, so God can generally, Hashem could force us. But that's not going to create that connection that we're looking for and that experience that's going to happen if, we, if, if it's been forced upon us. Pretty cool. But take a, and take a look at two other, one other halacha, which kind of reflects the same idea. Source number nine. The, the Shulchan Aruch says something really important, which I think is important just for us to know anyways when we dive in, but it's true in life, but it's, it's true in all of our Avodah Hashem, but it's particularly true when it comes to Tefillah. Shulchan Aruch says, when he's talking about davening, he says, Tov harbos It's more important when you daven to say less and mean it than to say a lot. Sometimes you feel like I got to catch up, I got to say, I got I to get through everything that's in there. And the answer is, you know, the, and the Hasidus talk about this a lot, um, like searching for one mitzvah done, done beautifully. Mm. Right? Like we, we search and search and search and search. We do and do and do and do, hoping for like that one, that one tefillah, right, that can be like maximized. That one bracha in Shemona Esrei, that one moment, right? The, the, the Atar Rebbe actually of, of uh, Chabad writes that. With Yubon Shalom wants from us, it's like one bracha with Kavana. So would you say if somebody came to show late, they shouldn't spend time catching I mean, no. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm not saying that you shouldn't say. Well, I, I mean, I always looked at it was different for men and women because women like aren't and Musa. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 different, it's, it's a whole other conversation to have like how to catch up and what's more important. Right. And there are certain tefillos that are more important. I was like, yeah, Shman Shman Esrei is more important than Pesukah Zimra. But like, you have a lot of times people come to that to shul and they're diving Pesukah Zimra and they're like, I was like. And they're like going so fast, like what am I doing here? And, and so my response is, say less, but say big kavana. So, I so yeah, yeah, correct. Look, there are certain things, like I said, there are certain things that are more important, like shmaz daraisa. Like you know, there are certain things that you say, but like Rabbi if a person, is more important. <laughs> but like diamond rabbit speech, something else. But what? If you're diving, if you're diving low, you're not trying to catch yeah. up with anything. You're just diving. I mean, like you, 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 you know what? But even diving, but by the way. Even that, even davening alone, yeah. just by <laughs> different kinds. Of <laughs> but hold on, but the the yeah yeah yeah. But no, but this point is really important. Let's say you're by yourself. I'm down by myself, and no one's no one's rushing. Yeah, but every person only has so much time. So if you know, I get more out of this. But I'm saying if you. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. But the but this is a really important point. Jenny. Sorry, sorry. I was just saying I don't even know what to die. Okay, okay, so hold on. So but but it but it can be anything. And I think it's important even when you're diving by yourself. Because I'm just like, oh diving by myself, like, oh there's no one waiting for me, so I should say everything, but like I don't want to say everything, so I'll say it fast. I wouldn't say that. If you feel like you only have a certain attention span. Say less, but say it meaningfully. 
and it'll be so much more meaningful. And again, same thing, then you'll want to dive in more because it'll be meaningful. So say a little less. Say, you know, if that's all you have time for. Then do that rather than zooming through other things and with, with, with no, with no you know, really? sense of what you're saying. That's what people would say? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm telling you. No, but men and women are not exactly the same in davening also. It's true. But like, but, but, no, but, but it's true for men also. I tell men yeah. the same thing. You, you gotta, it's, it is true. Because yes, there's certain chiyuvim, right? There's certain things we're expected to daven. Women expect to daven at least one tefillah a day. We should daven one tefillah a day. Shemona Esrei is great if we can do that. But like, but again, there, there's a big sitter out there, you know? And has a lot of things in it. And, uh, and I, I think you should be, you should be, you should be careful to daven with kavanah. Because if you just, so I can tell him it, 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 it loses its meaning. And tefillah is supposed to be pekavana. Tefillah is the, the avoda. That's the avoda shabalei. That's what it is. And it, and it should be. Um, and the Mishabru writes, V'alzeh shaninu, Echad amarbe ve'echad amamit, U'bilvad shechavani b'loshamayim. I don't care how much, says Hashem. I don't care how much. Again, don't get me wrong. All of us should try to do as much as we can. We have to be pushing ourselves to grow also. And to add and to do more, etc. But, but, we have to know that what we're doing to pay attention, to think about it a little bit. If we all just pay a little more attention to the things that we do already, right, and spend a little more time focusing, some of you don't have to do, or first you say this, we don't always have to add quantity, we just sometimes have to add quality, right? And if we do that, take five seconds to think before you start showing Ezra. To think, right, to pay attention for five seconds, to count to five, right? It's a, it's a, it's a different Shemona Ezra. It's a different Dominic, right? And it could be, you know, less, it could be more, but as long as it's something that, that has meaning, that's what really, that's what really matters. It's only when it comes to tefillah. You know, I'm talking about you have to have meaning and you're keeping kosher. Okay, so we'd like to, but we have to deny trafe. But like, when it comes to tefillah, it's a different story. And I think it is, it is important to, uh, to make sure that you're doing better, less, and with kavana. It's shukhanar. Right, then more with kavana. Then more without kavana. Go it's a good idea. Like, <laughs> it can take the same amount of time. It can take the same amount of time to say less. Right, that's sort of the point. But uh, anyways, this idea, Hashem, Hashem, the, the, beauty, the beautiful idea is that it's not that we give Hashem a home; it's that Hashem is our home. That's how the Rebbe would say it. Right, and that's what. And if, and if you want Hashem to give you a home, so then it's got to be because you want it. And if you're interested, so then he'll then he'll be interested and give you.